Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. We are in the book of Genesis chapter 12. Again, we're reading the Bible recap, reading through the Bible in a year. On Wednesday nights, if you want to join us, is when we kind of dive into it deeper. But um, my sermons are going to come from the things that we read. And so Pat brings her book. I found this out this morning. She's sitting here doing her, her daily stuff, so y'all know. But she, she's caught on. She's pretty smart at this. She said she brought it because I don't know exactly what you're preaching on, but you may give me answers to some of these questions in here. <laughs> So she's hoping the the ones that has a lot of empty spaces that that's what I'm preaching on. But I don't know if that worked for you today, Pat. I don't, I'm sorry about that. Um, so we we jump back. Last week we did Job, and this week we are in the book of Genesis again. Um, and this week I wanted to preach on. Abraham, or Abram as he's called still here in chapter 12. Now, most of us uh, can be familiar if you've read your Bible at all or or been in any kind of classes and listened, um, but maybe, maybe you haven't studied Abraham. But chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Lord, this is your word today, alive and active. And as we go through uh, the different parts of the story today, I want people to hear your message, your voice, and who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you've studied the Bible, you know, even shortly, you have heard Father Abraham. Um, Any of you that have been in the church long enough, you probably sung the song with your kids. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord right off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not doing all of it. Don't worry. Um, But many of you do what? Great singing. I can do the kids' songs, right? Yeah. Um, We had a discussion about singing, and that is why I don't sing, Thomas. He asked me this morning, why don't you sing? And I said, this. (laughs) So, So, you know, even if it's from that song, you know a little bit about Father Abraham. We know that God called Abram to leave his family, go into a land that God said, I'll show you where you're going. And Abram packed up and he left. Whew. I would take a little... The, the Brandon's Brandy's down here. Like, did y'all have to go through checklists before you made this movie? Like, did y'all do the whole pros and the cons and the, you know? Like, yeah, that's how my brain would go. Like, I'd have to make this whole list of things, right? But he left. What an example of obedience. That's usually what we focus on with Abraham, his obedience. He even made it into the hall of faith. So the hall of faith is Hebrews chapter 11. And in there, it talks about him in verse 8. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home, go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. And he went without knowing where he was going. 
And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. A city designed and built by God. So his faith got him in the hall of faith chapter as we call it. All these greats that were obedient to God. That was the key to his faith. His simple obedience. Even Sarah made it into chapter 11. Because, you know, God promised her a child in in very old age, and and she believed him. Now, as we have been reading through our Bible recap, and I don't know about everybody else, but I have been using the five statement prayers that I gave you on our first first and only night we've met, right? Yeah, okay. Um, But there's five statement prayers that we have. First one, God give me wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. This is what you, you pray and you, you talk to God before you've read the word, okay? And this works for anybody. Because how many of you have read the word and go, I don't know what I'm reading. Like, it don't make sense. Have you asked God? Give me the knowledge, give me the wisdom, give me the understanding. Second thing on that prayer statement list, God, let any knowledge I gain serve to help me love you and others more, not to puff me up. In other words, don't let me read your word only thinking about me. How does it teach me who you are so I can love you more? How does it teach me to love other people? Third thing, God, help me see something new about you that I've never seen before. Number four, God correct any lies I believe about you or anything I misunderstand. Oh, church, please always go in with the thought and the the vulnerability with God that, God, I may have some wrong thoughts that you need to change. And the fifth statement is, God, direct my steps according to your word. So with this in mind, I was looking as I was reading through Genesis this week, and I was looking, though, I knew what I wanted to preach on, but I said, God, give me something new about you. Give me something that I've never seen. Because if we're, if we're not really intentional when we're reading the word, it's very easy to miss things. Why? Because I've read this before. Right? How many of you ever done that? You're reading through a Bible uh, study and, and you get to something and you're like, oh, I've read this a million times. Like I've heard all the different sermons on it. I know this passage. And that's when it excites me when God shows you something totally different. I think we talked about that that Wednesday night, Leon, when we were talking about different things that like I've never noticed this in here before. And I love when God does that. And so what God eventually showed me was not exactly something completely new. Like I, I thought, yeah, I've, I've read that. I, I know who that is. I know this. But what he did is he began to show me how it all threads together in Scripture. Because if we're not careful, sometimes we read and we just read chapter 12 and we're done, right? Instead of figuring out how does everything thread together with God's story. So a little history today. And Jason, did I give you a map? I think I gave you a map. Maybe I did. Um, (laughs) And that's on the the filament, by the way. So you can find that on the filament app. Um, So what I began to see, let me just piece together the, the different things that I began to see. First of all, you had Tara. Who is Tara? Pop quiz. Who is Tara? 
Good question. See, we get to names. I should have shared the video I sent Pat yesterday of the baby just babbling. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, that's me reading through these names today, just so you know. Terah was Abram's father. So back when we were reading about Noah and they come off and they began to give us all that genealogy that we like to skip over and not pay attention to, right? Terah is Abram's father and he moved his family from Ur. Now, there's two possibilities. Um, there's an Ur that's down here by Babylonia, which could have been it. But there's also the Ur of Chaldeans, which is mentioned in there, which is also the most possible thing. Um, so he moved his family, moved Abram from Ur over to Haran. Okay. So that was the first thing that I kind of saw that, um, God had told Abram when they lived in Haran up at the top of the map that he was going to lead him into a land And he was talking about this. This is Canaan. Okay, this area is Canaan. And so God told Abram to go to this land. He packed up. He moves. Now, this is where my curiosity began to set in. I began to start seeing the connection of dots because Terah was already on the way, by the way, to the Canaan land. When he moved his family from Ur, he was moving them to Canaan. But he got to Haran, and he stopped, and he settled there, all right? And so God was already making the process of moving Abram. Now, Abram made it to Canaan. He set up camp at Shechem, and the land was already, uh, the Bible says, inhabited by the Canaanites, all right? So people are already living there, but this is where God said, but eventually this will be your inheritance for you and your descendants in the future, Okay, so Abram moved south then, and he camped in Bethel Ai. So Shechem was his first stop, and then he moved a little bit further down here next to Bethel. And they began to camp again. You're like, wow, can they not sit still? Remember, he's a herdsman. He has all these animals. They would be constantly moving to find the right farmers. Do y'all move your cattle from one field to another field? Right? Because they need better grass and they've ate this down. We got to move on. Or maybe the water system is not so good in one. Okay? So that's what's happening with Abram's family. They're herdsmen. They have all of these different herds that they're constantly moving. Now, the scripture in verse 9 says that they continued moving south to the Negev. Negev would be down at the bottom. So this is your Negev area. And they began to move south, and I love the way it said it. They began to travel in stages, which probably meant came upon some good grass, good water. We stop, we stay a while. They began to move in stages. And then it said a famine hit. Now, you know what that means. That means drought. That means stuff's happening. They ain't got enough to feed those herds. So they moved over into Egypt. And in Egypt, he gets a little bit in trouble. If you read through your stuff this week, he lies because he's fearful for his life. And Abram's like, Sarah, you're so beautiful. Like, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And so Pharaoh's going to kill me just to get you back in his harem, you know, as kind of thing. And so he has her lie and say that he's brother and sister, which, by the way, weird as it is, that's a half lie, not (laughs) total lie. But... So they lie, and when Pharaoh finds out, what does he do? He kicks them out. He's like, oh, 
you're trying to get me to sin against your God and that's a bad thing. And like, you got to go, brother, you got to go. So he kicks them out. And it said in verse, uh, chapter 13, verse three, it said they went back towards Negev. They traveled in stages. So here we are in stages again. Eventually, Abram, you read about, you read about Abram and Lot, who is his nephew, and they split ways because the, the land cannot contain all of their herds. So they decide to split ways. Uh, Lot goes to the Sodom area over at Jordan Valley, and then Abram settles back up at Hebron, which is just under Jerusalem. Okay, so this, this is the main area that Abraham settles in. And that is where the covenant is kind of renewed. So in chapter 15, verse 16, this is what God said to him. Back up to 15. As for you, talking about Abram, you'll die in peace and be buried at a ripe old age. And after four generations, your descendants will return here to this land For the sins of the Amorites do not yet warrant their destruction. So what he was basically telling them, here's the promise. I'm promising you this land for your descendants. He said, but not right now. He even lets them know you're going to die. Ripe old age, nothing to it. And four generations later, they're coming back. Wow, what a history lesson, BJ. Like, that was so enthralling. Thank you for making our day. Tori has a face that says, I'm so glad I drove from Little Rock to here. Hurry, let's see what Chris is preaching on today. Um, And you're like, you know, what is this about? What does this have to do with anything? What what is this about learning something new about God? We just learned a, a, a travel direction there. Sometimes we just internally make assumptions when we're reading things we know, right? And so for you, maybe you're sitting there going, yeah, yeah, we know Abram followed God. He just did all this traveling to get where God wanted him to go, right? But think about this. Abram, Father Abraham, then you had Isaac, you had Jacob, you had Joseph, Moses, Joshua, that finally came back and took Jericho. But it all started with Abram. When he told him to go, he went. Now, even the things we still may know, we kind of forget. Have you ever done that? Like, you read through the Bible and you go, oh, yeah, 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 I remember this now. God promised this land to Abraham and his descendants. And Hebrews 11 even reminds us that he died still believing that promise even though he didn't get to see it come to fruition, right? Like he he still believed God, though. That's a big part of his faith. Here's where my mind went with all of this and tuned me into who God is. God had this plan all along. That's why I took you back to Abram's father, Terah, that he was already moving Abram to get there. He was already moving the heart of Terah. Hey, pick up your family and let's make a transition, right? God had a plan long before that moment that he said, Abraham, I need you to go, right? And Terah was already headed there. And then Abram had to travel the rest of the way. And then Abram traveled. I love, I kept coming back. Those two verses that said they traveled by stages. 
Can you hold on to that thought today? They traveled by stages. That was a, a lot of traveling on that map. And you're like, why didn't he just stay where God told Because it wasn't his time, for one thing. It wasn't his time yet that God was going to make this transition. And they would, they would probably make these stops, let the animals rest and graze, and then they'd continue on. But that phrase... They traveled by stages, began to draw me to this thought process of God's plan. He had a plan, and it's not even going to be fulfilled for many, many more generations, right? But he had a plan, and it was all coming together in stages, the covenant that God made with Abraham, as you continue to read through Genesis, we, we later see him give that. It passes over to Isaac. It'll pass over to Jacob. It begins to pass through those generations that God's plan hasn't ended with anyone's death, right? Hasn't ended because somebody didn't see it happen. Anyone who has ever helped me work at a work day around here you will know I am a list maker. What goes up on the walls, ladies and gents, when we have a work day? Big sticky, Big sticky note. And BJ starts making the list that we can just read and check it off. It's a real thing, I promise. And so I have those large sticky notes. Why? Because it helps me see things get accomplished. Right? It, it, it helps me focus and it, it, and it makes me feel good to check that list off. It's how my brain is wired. It's my strength finders. If you ever saw my 34 list, you would see that's how my brain is wired. So it would be hard for me to be in Abraham's sandals to get this promise and never get to see it happen. Because he saw other things, right? Like God, when he promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a child in very old age, mind you. He tells Abraham this at like 75. You're going to have a kid. Who in here, who in here is above or around that, around, let's say that. Who in here is around that number 75, give or take? You want a kid at this age? Dorothy, no. She says, I'm still trying to grow up my adult children, right? I'm not through, right? <laughs> so, but here's the deal. God gave that promise to him, and guess what? He got to check it off the list. Isaac was born, and, and he got to see that come to fulfillment. Maybe that's why on over in chapter 15, he's giving him the pep talk of reminding him what the promise is. And he even gave him a little bit more of saying, you're going to die and you're not going to get to see this, by the way. How much faith does that take for God to give you something so wonderful, but you're not going to get to see it? Well, if you're like me, what's the use then? <laughs> right? Like, I, I, I don't know that I could keep believing in that or, or want to work towards it, Right? But here's the truth of what I want you to see today. God has a plan. And he sees the longevity of it, even when you don't. There are some of you sitting in here today that God has spoken some things into your life that you haven't seen come forth yet. And maybe you want. Maybe it'll be your kids or your grandkids or somewhere even further down the line. 
You know, Billy Sullivan likes to talk about Thomas's grandpa and, and how he prayed, you know, uh, about preachers in the family. And he's like, and I think you're part of that, BJ. And I'm like, yeah, but I wonder my family or Thomas's, whoever, how many generations back, I wonder sometimes, prayers were happening for their kids and their descendants that they didn't get to see that come to pass. Maybe some of our answered prayers today are five or six generations back. You didn't even know somebody prayed for you. Didn't know somebody prayed for the family you would have. When I feel like God is speaking to me, I mean like, and, and, and I don't say that just casually like me and God just have these one-on-ones every day. You know, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But there are those rare moments when you know that you know that you know. That was the voice of God speaking something to me. And when that happens, I like to write it down in my journal so that I can go back. Sometimes to remind myself what God said. When you, when you need to be reminded of a promise. And I can tell you that I have looked back in old journals and there are some things I look back and I think, wow, God did that. Like, he told me he would, and he did. I can find the other entries where I can say, God, you're so good. The goodness of God, we sang it this morning. But I can also tell you there are some things in my journal that I haven't seen yet. And, and what happens usually when God begins to speak like that? What, we begin to doubt. Was, was I mistaken? Did I make it up? Was that wishful thinking that I had? And that's why a lot of times I like to write it down, and I mean word for word, because it makes me go back, and it makes me say, no, I know that I know God said this. And it hasn't happened yet, but God, I believe you'll do it. So this week, God reminded me of that. He reminded me that in my life, he's given me some promises and sometimes, though, those promises, it's going to take some stages to get there. Some of you, maybe the moment that you're in right this moment feels like the end. Like, where do I go from here? I wonder what Abraham and Sarah thought when they're down there in Egypt. And Egypt was a place that you would run to when, when times the famines would hit. And, and, you know, you would have everything you needed. And now you're getting kicked out. I'm sure that felt like an end stage of like, oh, I really messed up. I'm sure Abraham was regretting his lies then. And he probably felt like, what, what have I done to my family? Right? He had those moments. But what God began to show me as I read the scripture in whole, and that's what I want to encourage you to do, especially you guys read and recap with me. It's so easy for us to fall into the habit. Okay, I got these three chapters today. These three. I want you to start looking for the thread that goes through. Okay? Because most importantly, if you start looking, there's a scarlet thread that goes through God's story. Because everything is leading to Jesus Christ. Everything is leading. That promise of Abraham's family blessing 
all the nations. Did you catch that wording? It was not to bless just the Jews. It was not to bless just the Israelites. Praise the Lord, since most of us sitting in here are Gentiles. It's because he had a thread going through the story all the way to Jesus Christ. He had a plan. Now, as you and I are waiting for that second coming of Christ, guess what? The story is still going on. You and I are part of that story, and God's thread is still working through us as we wait. Because he told us, go make Christ-like disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching the dasko. I haven't forgotten my word. Teaching them all the commands that I gave you. Like Abram, we're all travelers here. We forget that sometimes. This is not our home. We're foreigners in a foreign land. Traveling home. And we're all living life in stages. But here's the question I leave you with today. Are we like Abraham? Because because of our faith, are we going to continue to believe the things God has promised us? You know, each of us have different stories and God has maybe promised different paths for each of us. And, and we've prayed for our kids and our grandkids and, and the great-grands that maybe we will or won't know. Church, you can trust God that he hears every one of those prayers. And that was another thing that I, I really began to, to hold on to this week, that God hears us. He knows us. Right where we are. He knows where you are today. Your doubts, your fears, your joys, your sorrows. And he says, I'm not done with you. I'm not done. And I think as like reading the word, I think if you began to really look at even your life, you can look back, you can see the goodness of God. I know it's frustrating that we don't get to look forward and see what's coming, right? That would be so great to really know the next steps. I mean, I'm, every time I glance over here at you Sullivan's, man, y'all have been, your path looks like Abraham's right now. Home cabin there. <laughs> Lord, we just want to get settled, right? <laughs> but he's been with you every step of the way, and you know that. You know he's watched over you. And see, we get the joy of seeing that in Abraham's life. I wonder, I wonder what his thought process, if you saw my Facebook post, that's what, what I was thinking about this morning when I said, don't miss the creator in the chaos. Because I'm sure it was so easy for Abraham and Sarah to miss a God who's supposed to be protecting us, watching us when we are in total chaos of moving. When, when Abraham finally caught on that, God, I'm living in a land that I'm never going to see my descendants possess. But I'll stay here anyway. And you know, there's parts of the scripture that we read this week that remind us he was a very blessed person in that community. Why? Because he just lived life where God put him. So some of you are in the middle of chaos today, in the middle of uncertainties. Live your life wholly for Jesus Christ right where you are because you will affect generations after you 
because of how you serve God today. Stand with me, church family. Lord, I come today just humble-hearted. Because so often we are so nearsighted. And we are just so consumed with this moment of our life. Whether that's this week, this month. And Lord, honestly, sometimes just from birth to death, we think is all it's about. And it's so much more. Because... We received a blessing that you promised Abraham. It wasn't just the land. It was the promise of the Messiah coming through. And Father, because of Abraham's belief, we received the blessing of Jesus Christ. And God, now as we wait, as we continue the story, May our hearts begin to crave your voice, to listen. Because Abraham had to have a heart that was listening to hear you and then obey. And Father, forgive us for for how often we get sidetracked with everything in this life that we don't hear you. Or maybe we even forget to ask to hear you. Father, may we begin to crave what you desire for our families, for this church, for this community. May we begin to crave not just what we're going to do at this moment, but what is the true legacy, the longevity of it that we leave. Because I see you in Abraham's story, not just moving him, but God positioning him. It it was all part of your plan that he bought land to bury Sarah in Hebron. And it was because that's where his family would come back to. You positioned him. God, I pray for those that you are positioning now. Sometimes it's about making a change from how we were raised or, or how we thought we believed before. But God, you are positioning us now for our descendants for those that may come after us. But God, most importantly, I want everyone in this room and those online, I want them living ready right now for the return of Jesus Christ. Not in fear, but God, in hopeful expectation. If that's something we get to see fulfilled, then God, may we live ready. But God, if if that's something that's going to be on down the line from us, then may we be positioning ourselves so our families are ready. And God, we pray this all in your son's holy name. Father, now I I pray for the after part of this service, a fellowship time together. We pray for the food and thank you for all who prepared it. And God, may we just enjoy this time afterwards of just living life together as the scriptures told us in the book of Acts. When the church live life together, may we do that in your name today. And all of God's people said... Amen. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. 
I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.